Welcome to the Illinois Wesleyan Titan Coaches Show on 88.1 WESN, where we have in-depth conversation with Illinois Wesleyan Titan coaches throughout all the sports, throughout all the season. Right here on 88.1 WESN. Coming up, your host, Derek Bowman. Welcome to the Titan Coaches Show. I'm your host, Derek Bowman. Joining us, cross-country runner Annalise Chudy. And Annalise, we, we thank you for joining us on Titan Coaches Show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, you're obviously cross-country. You're a runner, distance runner. You also do uh, track and field. Um, what is the distance that women run in college for cross-country, roughly? Yeah, so women in college, we do a 6K. 6K. So, so that's a little over three miles, three and a half miles, somewhere in that area. Yeah, like... Almost uh, 3.75, just under. So. Okay, so three three and three quarters almost yeah, for those pretty who much. are decimally <laughs> challenged. Yeah. or um, And that. So when you run the race, first of all, congratulations. You took Thank second you. in the CCIW as a sophomore. You're also the first Illinois Wesleyan uh, female cross-country runner as a sophomore to quali- qualify individually for the NCAA championship. Um, so... Uh, What's it like to be that top runner and and do so well in the CCIW? Yeah, it's really exciting. I definitely, coming into this year, have, I mean, the summer really trained hard and really was able to, I mean, obviously coming in as a freshman, you know, you're getting used to college and everything. So the summer training before freshman year wasn't quite as consistent. And so coming in this year and training very consistently and the most mileage I've ever run, definitely like coming in and staying healthy was awesome so it's really exciting and um really excited for the future of the team too so well let's talk about that transition your freshman year from high school to college the distance goes from about two miles to uh as you said 6k or you know almost four miles um so almost double the distance not quite but what's the transition going from high school to college like for cross country yeah so in in high school in illinois we run three miles usually um and then, so now I'm running 6K. So that definitely the first, the first 6K I remember last year was, that was a, that was a, a shock for sure. But it was, I mean, I definitely think I love the distance part of running. So um, now getting used to it is nice. And um, usually we do like a two mile kind of rust buster at the beginning of the year, um, the Titan opener. And then we transition into the the 5K and then eventually the 6K. So. Well, and I apologize getting the high school distance no, wrong. Right. Oh, they changed it since I was in high school yeah. last century. It, it yeah. used to be two miles for the women and three miles for the men, roughly. Yeah. But uh, they, they have changed that. So, as you said, you, it was different this year coming in, already knowing what you're going to do, getting that mileage in over the summer. Um, as you run that race, what's kind of your strategy? And I realize it changes from race to race, who the competition is and all that. But are, are you a front runner who, who tries to hold on? Or are you someone who kind of lays back and, and kicks it towards the end? Um, I would say in high school, especially the end of my high school career, I used to go out pretty hard and I would pay for it for sure. But I think in college so far, you know, I like to get out pretty, pretty hard, but definitely, you know, more conservatively, I would say, than I have in the past. Um, so usually I just try to kind of go on feel and, you know, get out pretty well. Depends on obviously like, you're running with but it was definitely helpful this weekend we had a team to our left that got out pretty hard so 
so that you're able to grab onto some shoulders there. And yeah. um, <laughs> now I'm going to bring this up because people don't think about this in, in running, but auto racing, they, they do some slipstreaming, cars getting behind others, blocking the wind. Is that something that you do in cross country that you, you kind of hide behind a runner if you're going hard into a wind? I, I mean, I definitely think maybe the first K, I was like, it's pretty cold out here. It's windy. So trying to get behind people there was a pretty good pack at the front so it was kind of nice to have the wind blocked a little bit so as a and and i know the courses again vary but i'm guessing at the start it's pretty wide open as far as the terrain but it narrows down sometimes as the race goes on what uh what are some of the challenges as that terrain narrows down yeah so uh once it kind of you know you kind of funnel in so it's a little bit of a smaller area um you kind of got to make sure you get your position and it was really packed up at the beginning there the team race was really interesting to watch from you know the the uh the pack just off the leader it was it was cool to see um Wartburg women were all up there and then U Chicago came up and they looked over and I was like oh here we go like <laughs> it was kind of cool but the first K it was really compact so just trying to make sure I kept my footing and um running the tangents as much as I could too it was now, most of the college cross-country courses, are they a little wider than the high school ones? Because I know when I ran in high school, we had a, a, a dirt path through the woods. I mean, and it, it was hard to pass in some of those woods. A little, little bit wider in college? Yeah, I would say so. There's definitely several courses we run on that are, like, designed for cross-country. So, like, the regionals course, is, it was made for running cross country, which is kind of cool. So. Which, which helps allowing sure. passing to take place and sure. not having to step on those tree roots as they come out and, <laughs> and all of that. You're, you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about oh, from yeah. when you ran in high school. Oh, yeah. And then what are some of the memories you have so far? And you're only a year and a half into college, but your college running, what are some of the things that stand out for you as you've participated now through two cross country seasons? Yeah, um, I mean, just the team environment is awesome I mean coming from high school um it was an awesome team environment in high school and I was like how can it get better but it's definitely better (laughs) um and that's not to like you know say anything bad about my high school experience but my high school experience was great and this has definitely exceeded my expectations I think um the team environment coach Huff just brings so much energy and so much positivity to practice it's just like my favorite place in the world to be now your, your season's not over yet is it no, no. You got, you got a big event coming up this Saturday, uh, You're and you're going where it's going to be a little colder. You're going north yeah. up to Lansing, Michigan. Um, tell me the excitement getting ready for the NCAA championships. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, definitely, I mean, I knew this was a possibility for sure, and it kind of became more of a possibility as we got closer and closer, but now that it's actually real, it's kind of it's pretty cool. So what what are the plans? When are you heading up there? Yeah, so we leave Thursday morning um, and race on on Saturday morning. So so, that, so Thursday you'll get up, get a chance to scope the the course maybe a little bit, and then yeah. Friday a, a light run in. Yeah. And then Saturday the the big event. Yep. So and it, and what time of the morning? That starts at like ten a.m. in the morning. Well, I'm sorry, eleven a.m. because you'll be Eastern time. Right. Ten a.m. our time. Yeah. So uh, do you like that early morning start or do you like the uh, later in the day? I do. I like the early morning, getting up and getting after it. So, so now. The ones I went to college with, the big cross-country runners and all that, they used to go out on Thursday night before a Saturday meet and carbo-load. A lot of pasta. Any any dietary habits you have to help prepare for the race? Um, no, keeping just pretty much keeping things, you know, similar to how I always do. And obviously the night before I like to have some pasta and 
chicken and salad. So. What's your What's your favorite pasta? Um, probably just like penne pasta. I don't know, <laughs> just and, traditional. And, and like a, a red sauce, a white sauce. Yeah, red sauce. Red, red sauce. sauce. Is good. So almost almost spaghetti like type. Even though the pot, the noodles are, or, I'm sorry, yeah. the pasta. Don't want to offend any Italians out yeah. there. The pasta, <laughs> uh, the the penne style on that. Um, so what are your goals going into this race? What are you? If I saw you on Saturday afternoon and you got X place, what's that X number that you're going to look back and say, you know, that's awesome? Because we've we've talked on this show, and I know you haven't necessarily heard it, but in swimming and track, that you're not always running against competition. You're running against yourself. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to improve your times and things like that. What is your goal personally for this weekend, whether it's a time or a place? Yeah, I think um... – just going out there and giving it my all the last race of the season, I think um, I've definitely already exceeded my expectations this year. So, I mean, just trying to top what I've done so far, I think place-wise, I I don't even know. I think um, just trying to do my best and compete as hard as I can um, is kind of the goal. I mean, there will be some CCIW girls there, I think. So I think just trying to be with them for sure and um, – yeah, just have fun and run for the team. Do you build pretty good relationships with your competitors, especially the ones who you see from weekend to weekend? Yeah, definitely. It's it's a really good environment, I feel like, here. And, um, yeah, everybody congratulating everyone. It was cool to see that uh, I think the two Wheaton girls also qualified, so – I'll get to see them there, too. That, that'll be fun for you. Now, we're going to be talking with Coach Huff a little bit later in the show, um, and he's not here yet, so he, he's not going to hear what you say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about Coach Huff and, and what's it like to run for Coach Huff. Uh, um, it's awesome. Um, oh, my gosh. I hope I don't <laughs> cry. Um, yeah, it's, it's so great. I think he just brings so much positive energy to practice every day. Ah, I'm sorry. No, no um, you're, you're good. I, I like that there's a little emotion there. That, that means you enjoy running for <laughs> Yeah. He's definitely probably the best coach I've ever had, for sure. Um, and it was it was funny before the race. Uh, some I don't even know who it was. Uh, someone just came up and yelled, like, oh, you guys don't realize how lucky you are to have this guy as your coach. And that kind of, like, hit me. I was like, wow. Like, um, So that was, that was cool. And, yeah, he's just awesome person, just brings so much – great energy to practice every day and you know is really cares about us not just as runners and well now I'm really really ex- I was excited <laughs> to talk to him but now I'm really excited to, to get to meet him and talk to him yeah. and uh, about you and about the rest of the team both the men and the women and how things are going we are talking with Annalise cross-country runner from Illinois Wesleyan and we thank you for taking some time out of your day with us yeah thank you so much you are listening to and watching the Titan Coaches Show That Titan Coaches interview brought to you by the Fashion Shop in Gibson City, home of big city selections and small town prices. The Fashion Shop in Gibson City, proud sponsor of Titan Athletic. Welcome back to the Coaches Show. As we talked about, we have Coach Huff here with us now in studio. And uh, is it okay if I call you Coach Huff? Absolutely. Because Huffaker, is that how you say your last name? Correct, yeah. So uh, Coach Huff, as the the, uh, athletes call you, and that, and I'm guessing a lot of your friends also. Um, first of all, thanks for being with us on the Coaches Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, you have been here at Illinois Wesleyan for 18 years. Uh, a lot of fun things, I'm sure, have happened. A lot of great accomplishments. Um, you have one this year. You have a young lady that we just talked to that is going to be in the NCAA cross-country meet uh, this weekend. Let's, let's, start, let's talk about her first. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about Annalise. 
Uh, yeah, what an outstanding young lady. Um, you know, she's her journey, her improvement over the last year has been really remarkable. Uh, as a freshman last year, she finished 38th in the conference, finished runner-up in the conference this year, and then went from being, I think, like 73rd in the region last year to 20th this year. And um, she improved a lot from cross-country to track as a freshman. Her iron had been low, and we got that kind of sorted out, and we saw an immediate improvement. But she just really made that decision that she wanted to be outstanding, and she backs it up every day with her work ethic and, and the attention to detail, getting good sleep, stretching, rolling, working hard in the weight room, uh, and she's a great teammate, great attitude. So uh, I could not be more proud of her and the work that she's put in and just feel fortunate to be part of the journey, right? Like ultimately at the end of the day, they have to go out and execute. They have to be willing to, you know, hurt and suffer in the middle of the race. And she's just so coachable and, and so fun to be around. So it's been fun. Well, there's no doubt cross country is a is a physical sport. I mean, it takes physical endurance, it takes strength, it takes that, but it's also a mental uh, a sport. I mean, it, it takes a lot of mentality to be good at it. What are some of the mental characteristics you look for in your recruits? Uh, you want some people that are passionate about it, right? That like when you start talking about running, their li- their eyes light up and they just enjoy what they do because there is a there's a part of our sport that can be tough, right? Like, uh, you know, other sports, you can do some other things that really help you get better. You know, as a basketball player, you can shoot free throws, you can shoot jump shots. That can, that's kind of fun. That's kind of, you know, you work on your defense separately. Running, we're running to get better at running. <laughs> and then there's different ways that we, you know, break it up and, and change it and keep it fresh. But uh, some of it is just getting out of bed and getting the footsteps in every single day to help you be better. And so you got to be willing to, to daily deal with some discomfort to, to get really good. And so uh, she has that ability to, to push her body, to push her mind. Um, but we want people that enjoy it, that love it. And then people that are tough, you know, that are resilient, um, cause there's some days are going to be better than others and not every race is going to be a PR. Not every race is going to be your best race. So you need some resiliency and, and some, some passion for what you're doing. Those are the two biggest things I think that we look for. Well, I know uh, I had a brief experience running cross country back in high school. And I know for me, the tough part was the, the, not the distance that I couldn't run that far, but mentally staying focused. You know, you're out there for 10, 15 minutes and the mind starts to wander and you start to do. What are some things you do to help them focus or to break up the monotony for practices so so it's not boring, it, it, it engages their mind and keeps them going? So we, we talk about trying to be intentional with your mindset, right? And that one of the skills that you need to get better is your attention to detail, your attention during a hard effort. Uh, there's days when you're going on an easy run that the best thing you can do is just slip it into neutral mentally and just talk with your teammates and enjoy the time together and not worry so much about uh, everything that's going on. But in hard workouts, in our races, we want to be intentional about what things can we can control, right? We can't control weather conditions. We can't control how other people are going to run. We can't control someone bumping you or cutting you off. We control our response to those things. We can control uh, breaking the race into smaller segments that you can stay focused on. What do we do? Need to do in the first third, the middle, you know, the middle third, and the last third to be successful. And 
So we talk about those things and we try to be intentional about talking about them consistently. Um, and Annalise is super coachable and, and does a really great job of focusing during a race and focusing during practice and then carrying those things from practice into competition. Well, you mentioned that uh, some of the practices you just got shifted into neutral mentally and talk with your teammates. I know uh, where I went to school in college, they, they called those fun run days, <laughs> and they always had themes. They would do all kinds of crazy things. Any Anything you guys do to help lighten things up and, and break the monotony like that? Occasionally they do some things like that. Um, it, you know, sometimes I, I leave that up to the team and the character and individuality of the team. They We've had years where they've done themed Thursdays and, you know, uh, they might dress as twins or they might uh, monochrome uh, dress in the same color or whatever it is. Uh, This year, that wasn't something that they chose to do as much, but um, they'll pick where they run. Um, We talk about, you know, being careful how how fast or how far you're running on those recovery days to make sure you recover. Uh, But this this year's team, you know, they, they did, they were young, but really consistent, really good about being prepared and ready and focused during practice times. And so that wasn't something that they chose to do this year. Well, one of the things about cross country is it's, I don't want to say it's a short season, but there aren't a lot of meets. So um, gearing up, every meet's a big meet because you only have, I believe, seven meets throughout the yeah. season. What, what are ways that you get the most out of them on race days? So we talk about trying to approach every meet in a similar fashion mentally, right? Like, hey, this is uh, a chance to dress rehearsal for the conference championship, the regional championship. And so uh, trying to find that right headspace for each athlete, right? Like some need to be really kind of hyped up and they want to be really excited and really um, kind of, you know, hyped. Some need it to be really low key, like, hey, this is all okay. No matter how you run, we're still going to, you'll be here to support you. Most people need to be somewhere in the middle, right? Like they want to be a little nervous so they know that they're ready and excited. And so we try to talk about that also, like, hey, know yourself, know where you need to be, know the things that you need to do to be in the right headspace to to get the most out of yourself. And so uh, we talk a little bit about self-talk and mental rehearsal and visualization, and, and we try to talk about those leading into, you know, those competitions so that we get a formula down and, you know, we have it rehearsed and ready so that when we get to the big meets, we're not trying something new. We're not doing something different for the first time. We're approaching it the same way that, that we approach those other six competitions all, all season. Now, uh, season's wrapping up. You have Annalise running on Saturday in the uh, NCAA there. High school also wrapped up or, or real close to wrapping up. As the, So it's going to be the off-season, start getting ready. You help out with the track team, mostly distance runners, I'm assuming, in that. But it's also recruiting. You know, what are you looking for in those student-athletes? We talked a little bit about it. But uh, for those who are seniors, just finished their high school seasons, they start getting ready to get ready for college. What are some things you would tell them, some advice you would give them as they get ready to make those selections if they have not made it to, to go to college and run? Yeah, so we're looking for character first, right? Like we've worked pretty hard to build a culture and atmosphere where people look forward to coming to practice, where they're going to push their teammates but support them at the same time. And so, um, you know, I, I would encourage young people to talk with coaches, talk with members of the team, make sure that all seems like a good fit, right? Like because if um, 
I think training is different usually from high school to college, from program to program, but you want to feel like you're in the right fit philosophically because you want to enjoy coming to practice. You want to share the same vision with the coach, with the people on your team. And, you know, it's not more important than the educational opportunities that the colleges select, but it'll play a huge part in shaping your experience at the college. And so you want to make sure that's a good fit. Um, whether you're at Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, or NAI, most people aren't going to make a living out of running, right? So you want to make sure the educational opportunities are there to help advance you in, in whatever it is you're aimed to do after college. And so I think if you can find the right fit philosophically, the right fit educationally, um, you're, you're going to be in a pretty good spot. Most distance runners are pretty driven. They're pretty disciplined. And so they're going to find the opportunities and work hard to make the most of the situation. But if you get those educational philosophical pieces correct, I think they're going to set themselves up for a good experience. Well, this weekend, Annalise is going to run about 6K on Saturday. How far during that race are you going to run trying to get to different (laughs) spots on the course to, to encourage her and coach her? Well, I've put on a few pounds since my own running days, but uh, usually for that sort, short space of, uh, of a race, uh, I, I usually cover over a mile uh, or so. It depends on the course, you know, how far I got to get point to point. But as soon as she goes by, I'll be sprinting to the next spot. Uh, what I love about Annalise is she's brave and she'll stick her nose in it. And, and we've talked some about where we think she can place and um, I, I think, you know, she's the type of athlete that'll stick her nose in, in a place to give herself a shot to do really well this weekend. So I'm really excited for her. This is the first time we've had a sophomore qualify individually for the national championship. Yeah, we talked about that with Annalise. She did not realize that when we brought it up, that that is, that is awesome to have a sophomore in the NCAAs. And uh, I, it obviously is going to raise some hopes for the future junior and senior year yeah. to, to continue to improve and, and do even better. But this is a great opportunity for her to get a taste and, and say, hey, this is what it's like. And that any of her teammates going with on the trip to, to encourage her to, to also kind of get that feel? Well, so a lot of them want to get up and support her. And I've been talking with Mike Wagner about ways that we can make that happen. Um, but, you know, NCAA has some rules on how you can travel, you know, non-participants and stuff. So we're, you know, going to try to respect all those. But, yeah, just like you're saying, it's one thing for me to describe it and another for her to experience what the national championship is like. And so I'm really excited that she gets this chance as a sophomore. Yeah, that that is a awesome. That is great. And, uh, Coach, we wish you well. Make sure your ankles are all good in that for when you're running across the uh, – the field to get there and and cheer on for all of us and let her know that we're cheering for her also. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. We are talking with the cross-country coach here at Illinois Wesleyan. I'm Derek Bowman, and this is the Titan Coaches Show. This interview with an Illinois Wesleyan Titan coach was brought to you by Nap Kitchens. Nap Kitchens, proud sponsor of Titan Athletic. Welcome back to the Titan Coaches Show. Joining us, women's basketball coach, Coach Smith. Uh, Coach, season's underway. You've got two games under your belt, one up to Holland, Michigan, to play a couple games up there. Uh, Did you learn some things about your team? Absolutely. And uh, I can tell you I'm sitting here, and I am still as in love with them today as I was before we went to Hope. 
That is that is good to hear for our our fans out there listening. If you didn't hear the scores on Friday, you beat Concordia, Wisconsin, and I'm going to throw an extra woohoo in there because <laughs> Concordia is a sister school of my alma mater. Uh, beat them 86-38. Then you went in against number one Hope, uh, a tough matchup there. They had scored 143 points the day before. Um, so when I say that you gave up 99, uh, that's a lot to give up, but you, you reduced their scoring average to 121 a game. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to look at the bright side of things, ended up losing that one 99-73. But as I go back and pour through the the stats and, and that, and I watched the second half of the game as I was working the football game also, uh, we throw that first quarter out, and it was a pretty good game. If you throw the first quarter out, Derek, it's 66-66. Yeah, Tyler and I, uh, our video guy, were, were looking at that just before you walked in, that that's exactly what it was. And I was impressed the third quarters I was the, what I watched closest there. The, the, the young ladies, they, they played well in that third quarter. They did. We scored much better. I absolutely was impressed with my girls, the way they came out of the halftime and got back to adhering to the game plan. Nothing changed from the time we talked to them prior to the game to the end of the game. They just didn't execute the game plan in the first half well and as i was watching i was listening to the hope announcers because that's what was on the the video stream and and they that's basically what they said it, it, the difference was it looked like they were executing and they were hitting their shots yeah anytime you put the ball in the basket it helps but one of the things that my staff and i have really bought into with our team is that our defense makes us go if our defense is sputtering our offense sputters so we got to find ways, you know, we opened that ball game in that first quarter, 33 to 7. And that that's not who we are. We're a much better team than that. We let Hope go by us, which Hope is out. They are, they're an incredible team. I thought Union was a really good team. Hope's even better. So um, a little bit to learn from that ball game. But overall, like I said, I'm still really happy with my team. Well, and you did uh, force them into 13 turnovers, but a lot of those were in the second half, what you were talking about there for that. Um, as you played, some of the players who uh, stepped up played a lot of minutes. We know the three sophomores, Mallory Powers, Kate Palmer, Lauren Huber. Uh, the other two who played a lot were, were the Kates, Caitlin, Hew, uh, Caitlin Heller and Kate Knutson. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about those five and, and what you see the, those roles being. Well, Derek, we should probably step back because remember on my last interview, we did not talk about Katie Knutson, and she is a huge part of what we are this year. So moving back to those five, um, like you said, the three sophomores, the three amigos, I thought they did really well. Um, every player did their thing. Uh, Katie Palmer could probably shoot the ball a little bit better, which will come, I think. And then individually, we had some lapses where we didn't quite box out tough enough. I think those three will definitely figure that out. But my goodness, the... They're just such three outstanding kids, and they're they're even better as players. I'm, they do so many great things, and they really build the teamwork aspect for our younger players, which I'm real proud of. And then Caitlin Heller has just really turned a corner from last year. She was a great player last year. She's an even better player this year. Real happy with the way she's handling the ball for us, and she's our number one defender. Um, we count on her to lock down usually the team's best scorer, and she does a great job there. And then Katie Knutson has been that added presence in the posts that we've needed for 
last couple of years. And and having that post player, um, we were talking a little bit. I saw a couple of your former players this weekend here for the men's game. Uh, one of them had a brother playing, and uh, Nina Anderson and Ashley Schneider, I believe she was a post player for you. She was, yeah. So it's, it's been a while. Um, Maddie Merritt and Ashley were probably our last two really true post players. Um, uh, Kaya Bowen did a great job for us last year, but incredibly undersized. So now let's look forward to what's coming up. You got a couple games going on this week. Um, when this is released, usually Wednesday night, uh, you'll be getting out on the floor, getting ready to take on UW Whitewater up in Wisconsin. Tell us a little bit about uh, that matchup. Yep, um, they are the runner-up champions from last year uh, that lost to Hope. So um, we will be their third CCIW team in a row. Um, that's who they opened opened up with. Uh, Carol then Milliken uh, won both of those games. Uh, so we're hoping that the third CCIW time is the charm. So yeah, now you got to talk to your schedule maker here, and I know <laughs> I know who it is. So I, I'm kind of saying this in jest. Uh, you played Concordia, Wisconsin, and I'm not sure that you had the the choice on who that was going to be because it was at Hope, and right. they kind of set it up. But you set it up that you would play the defending champion and then the runner up back to back. You know, I'm a firm believer. Some people think I've lost my mind a little bit in terms of our scheduling, but. I am a firm believer in play the very best as early as you can so you can identify what you've got to do to get better to be the best. And so in, in a lot of coaches say, well, that's not helping your overall career record, which is something I am not concerned with at all. I want my team to be playing the very best they can be by the end of the year. Yeah, you're you're more interested in what your record is in March. That's right. Because March is postseason <laughs> games, and the, and the more wins you get in March, the better the better you did as a coach. And that's what the players are going to remember. That's what other coaches are going to remember. How far you went in conference and in the postseason with the NCAA tournament. So I I really like that idea. And I've always said this: play the top teams, learn what you need to do, do that, and that's what you're working on. What are some of the things that you did learn from playing Hope? Um, we've got to do a better job at individually stopping the hard dribble drive. We've got to know how tight we can play or how loose we can play and then keep our feet on the ground but keep our feet moving. Uh, uh, you know, some technique things that we looked at on film already this morning and on the bus on the way home. Some of those things I think will really help us. And then, uh, you know, stunting the drive, helping where we can help but yet recovering. We'll be able to sh show them clips where we didn't do that. Um, I thought we handled their post play pretty well. Um, I do think we needed to learn to continue to box out a little bit longer, and then sometimes we just are absent when we box out. So we got to do those things better. Well, uh, we we previewed the game against UW Whitewater. I'm looking forward to this coming Saturday when I'll actually get to see them in action. One o'clock game at the Shirk Center against Capital. Um, I'm sure you probably haven't done a lot of scouting on Capital because you do one game at a time. But any little nuggets you can give me before before that game. I got nothing. You got nothing. No, I got nothing. <laughs> All right, where's Capital from? <laughs> Ohio. There they we have, go. <laughs> they have a new coach. Um, I think last year was halfway through the year she took over that program. Uh, Dixie Jeffries was the head coach prior to that um, and had been there for a long time. We just couldn't handle the double duties of AD and basketball. A great friend, a great confident, very, very good mentor for me in Dixie Jeffries. And I understand the new coach is doing a great job with the program and has her kids turned up a little bit. I've heard they are better than they were. So the, there you go. You, you gave me a little bit of a nugget. <laughs> I can work with that. I, I will do that. I'll do my own research also on that. So uh, uh, just going over the schedule before uh, 
people, when they hear this show, what's going to happen in the next week. You've got UW-Whitewater at Whitewater, home against uh, Capital on Saturday, and then Tuesday um, at Eureka, that game, that time to be announced. So just a little quick trip up the road. I believe last year they came here, so the return trip for that. Uh, Coach, we do appreciate you coming in. I, I love talking to you. Uh, I'll get talk to you on Saturday in the post game there, hopefully one of the players also, and hopefully uh, we're talking 3-1 and one at that time and, and definitely 2-2 two and two at the worst because we're going to win Saturday. We need to be 3-1. and one. We do need to be 3-1. and one. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm rooting hard for that. That is Coach Maya Smith. I'm Derek Bowman. This is the Titan Coaches Show. That Titan Coaches interview brought to you by the Fashion Shop in Gibson City, home of big city selections and small town prices. The Fashion Shop in Gibson City, proud sponsor of Titan Athletic. Welcome back to the Coaches Show. I'm Derek Bowman. Joining us now, men's basketball coach Ron Rose. And uh, Coach Rose, you now have uh, two official games under the belt, one and one after the Sigma Hall of Fame Invitational. Let's start with the Yeshiva game. Uh, first of all, just having them here after going there last year, um, what was it like to welcome them into the Shirk? Well, they, they were such good hosts a year ago, and that was such a memorable experience for our, our team and our program. Uh, so the, them coming in, we wanted to be uh, kind of repay them and be good hosts as well. And, and we've developed really a, a, a friendship, a lot of respect between the two programs. Um, so it was wonderful having them here and uh, had a heck of a game with them as well. Well, I was, you know, reading on Twitter a little bit because Yeshiva fans were on there who couldn't be here and, and that, and I saw one of them read, even though they lost both games, they really appreciated the competition and really enjoyed the camaraderie that they, they've seen over the two seat, the two games. Yeah, yeah, they came down, and, and it's just a quality quality group of people. And, and uh, now they won their second game. They, they, they beat Webster, and, and uh, they, they lost their first two, but both were to St. Joe's was ranked thir- 13th. We were ranked 21st, so some, you know, co- Coach uh, uh, really kind of upped the competition early in the season, and um, and it was a really good game. It could have gone either way. You know, it, it, you get out there the first weekend for us, and you don't know exactly what you're going to see because you've got nerves, you've got uh, – different guys on the floor, different team. And, and it, it was kind of kind of played out a little bit what you'd expect, a lot of good, and, and a lot of areas we got to get better as well. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the game. Uh, you won 76-71 to 71 was the final, but it was, it was close down. I mean, they had a chance at the end with about 15, 20 seconds left to take the lead by one. Uh, shot missed, and not many of them were missed by Samet, but he did miss a shot there right towards the end. Uh, Zevi Samet put up 38 points, which I believe I heard Eric and Joel talk. That's a third most against Wesleyan by a visiting player in the Shirk Center. Um, I won't remind you of the other two, <laughs> Francis, and I forget who the other guy was who uh, put up 39. I think 44 was the other one. But uh, what was it like trying to, to slow Samet down, uh, scoring those 38 points? The only one in double digits for them, by the way. Yeah, no, you know, you, you, whenever you, he doesn't have a big body work coming in. So we knew he was a terrific shooter. Um, you know, we didn't know he could uh, – go off for 38 points. You know, we knew we had uh, – our goal was to limit his three-point shot attempts, obviously not successful at doing that. He's a he's a tremendous player. And where we really, um, you know, made a mistake was we allowed him to get going. You go Going in, we said we, we got to make this his catch shoot tough. And he got about three or four open looks. And then when you have a shooter like that who makes 
you know, get, has some good looks and it goes in. Then the basket starts to look really big. And that's what happened. I mean, then the, the then he was feeling it and, and we had a tough time after that point. Well, and just to stress that point, we saw that in the game against Webster that he didn't score for a long time. And then he got, he got a little floater early and Q was doing the game with me. And he says, now watch out, he's going to start. And sure enough, next four or five shots, boom, 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 all going yeah. down yeah. And, and that. So you guys, you know, tough to stomp them. Um, that, but you did slow down some of the rest of the guys. Uh, Bartichev, Itovici, uh, Zucker, and Markovic were the starters. Um, Batash, you held him to a one for five. And in the next game, I think he was four for six from three-point land. So you did some work there. Yeah, you know, it, it, early in the year, a lot of people with – we have so many new players, they don't really know our guys' strengths, weaknesses, areas. Same coming in, you know, in, in terms of you've got what they guys might have done last year if you had that. Uh, you know, when you're playing a guy that, that is really scoring it, you, you've got two choices as a coach. You can uh, alter your defense and throw a bunch of guys at him, uh, or you can you can try to, again, limit, make it tough on him and, and limit everybody else. And so those are hard decisions. I, I We were fortunate to come away with the win against Yeshiva. Again, we should have probably put it away where it didn't come down right to the wire. Uh, I was happy with our guys, though, that even though it did, we made plays down the stretch. Um, against Stevens Point, it, it was the exact opposite. They made the plays, and we didn't. Well, I, I walked into the gym on Sunday morning. You were kind of wrapping up the practice I was getting ready to do because I did the play-by-play for Webster and Yeshiva game. Um, and one thing I heard you tell all the players at the end that uh, – just like you were before the Yeshiva game, happy to, to coach him into that game. You were just as happy with him after the game, even though there were mistakes made that you mentioned and yeah. things like that. But you were still excited to coach these guys. Uh, you're going to learn together, and you're, you're going to go on. And I, I thought that was awesome to hear. Well, it, this is a great group of young men I get a coach. They, they're hard workers. They're coachable. They want to be good. And, and you know, now, now the, the test is this. And, and the best teams that, that um, I've coached over time – uh, have learned through losses, and oftentimes you can see that how you handle a loss determines how you play the next game. So, some teams, one loss can become two or three, uh, and others, one loss can really propel you to another level of play. And, and so we as a group have to handle this maturely, and hopefully we can learn from our mistakes. This is a group that, that we knew um, wasn't necessarily going to come out of the gate because we're learning about each other. We're figuring out um, everybody shrinks. We're establishing roles. And, and so we're going to be a work in progress. And hopefully this will be just a learning experience. And next time out, every, every time we're putting these situations, we'll just be a little bit better. Well, as I kind of look at the box scores and go through, a uh, couple names we recognize from last year. Ryan Soroka had 16 points against Yeshiva. Um, Lucas Heflin had 12 against Stevens Point. Nick Roper, we heard his name a little bit last year. He had 11 against Stevens Point and 14 against Yeshiva. But how about Harrison Wilson? That's a that's a new name for us. Tell us a little bit. Well, about Harrison that. at the very end of last year was was uh, backing up Matt Lairts, and and we didn't Matt didn't get off the floor very much for us <laughs> late in the year. Uh, but Harrison really came on. We we had a feeling he was he was going to have a breakout season this year. He's been slowed a little bit with a, a foot injury. Um, and so we're hoping over the next two, three weeks that thing completely heals. We're, we're kind of doing um, 
kind of watching the number of minutes that he plays, trying to limit it between 10 and 20 a game. And he had a terrific two games. I mean, he is – Harrison is playing really well. Uh, he's a unique player. He's got size. He's got skill. He plays really hard. Uh, I think as the year goes on, he's going to become a real problem for other teams. Well, and, and I, I guess so. And your guys are finding him in good spots, too, from the field. Nine for 13 against Yeshiva, six for nine against Stevens Point. So when you get a guy in there who can put the ball in the bucket, you know, more often than not. Yeah, our fives between he and Evan Schneider, I think, shot 70% over the weekend. So those two guys did a nice job of finishing around the basket. And, and that's going to be one of our strengths. Or one of our strengths is size. And that's an advantage we're going to have. We probably need to take advantage of that even more down the stretch on Sunday. Well, yeah, Evan Schneider, he was four for five on the weekend. So, yeah, both of them shot very well. All right, speaking of schedules, games coming up, you've got Nebraska Wesleyan um, on Friday at 10 a.m. That's going to be at the Barnett Center in Wax Arena in Aberdeen, South Dakota, part of the Small College Basketball Champions Classic. And then you get to play St. Joseph at noon on Saturday. So uh, tell us a little bit about this weekend going up to South Dakota and those games. Well, if, if you if follow Division One basketball, they have something called the Champions Classic, which is Duke, uh, Michigan State, Kansas, and K- Kentucky play every year, a tournament, and, and it kind of kicks off. It's one of the you know four elite Division One programs. So small college basketball started, this is the first year, a Champions Classic for Division II, Division Three, and NAI. We were very fortunate and honored to be asked to play in it in the first year. So they picked four of the stronger Division Two, Three, and NAI programs around the country to all play at Northern State, which is in Aberdeen, South Dakota, this weekend. And so um, it, it'll be really neat. We'll, we'll get out there and play Friday morning, Saturday morning, Two really good games. Nebraska Wesleyan, you know, won the national championship, I believe it was three years ago. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, St. Joe's is ranked 13th in the country, was ranked in the top 20 last year. And the other team, the other Division Three team, along with ourselves, is Wisconsin Oshkosh, which won the national championship prior to COVID. So you've got two of the three last national champions and, and ourselves and uh, St. Joe. So it should be a whale of a a weekend, some great basketball, and uh, really, really looking forward to connecting with, with some of uh, the other coaches out there as well. Well, I'm going to be rooting extra hard against Nebraska Wesleyan because they were <laughs> they were our rival where I went to school at the time. They were NAIA, and uh, we, we loved beating them, and it didn't happen too often because they are such a good program, as you talk about. And you mentioned St. Joseph. That is who Yeshiva lost their first game to, yeah. so it's it's going to be a way that all three teams will have played each other there and a nice a nice matchup as both of you beat Yeshiva but neither won easily. Well, they're they're very St. Joe's very good. They are a veteran team, juniors, seniors, uh, uh two or three grad students, fifth year guys. They were good a year ago, so they return a lot. Um they are the team that Jim Calhoun, the former coach, Yukon coach was at um until last year. And so this is really the team that he had recruited before officially retiring from coaching. So that's going to be a very challenging game. And Nebraska Wesleyan plays a unique style. So they're, they're going to – every time out, you know, it's one of the, the things you do over the course of a season. You play different teams, different styles. You see different 
offenses you have to defend, different defenses, and that's what really builds experiences and, and gets you to be a quality basketball team by the end of the year. Well, we talked with Coach Maya Smith a little bit earlier in this episode about the scheduling they have. They played number one this past mm-hmm. week. They got number two coming up in their next game. You mentioned the fourth team that's in that tournament is uh, UW Oshkosh. You have them. When you come back, you head back up there to play them on the next Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got to talk with your scheduler also to, to figure oh, that I all out. Oh, I tell you what, yeah, Maya and I, we need our heads <laughs> checked, don't we, Derek? Uh, yeah, Oshkosh right now is ranked number two in the country. So, you know, and it's, it's been uh, the Jack Sigma invite that we just did uh, has been a neat thing because we've been able to connect with, like, Wisconsin Oshkosh came to playing it last year, and we mm-hmm. had a heck of a game. And then we're returning the trip next year. Stevens Point came down and played this year. We're returning the trip to Stevens Point next year. So we've been able to do a little bit of that where we're connecting with really some of the best small college programs in the country. We're always – you know, I, I've said this, you could make your schedule to get some 20 and 30 point wins. Our guys don't want that. We don't want that. We don't think that's what prepares you for conference play. It doesn't prepare you as well as just loving the competition. And uh, our guys want to play the best. I want to try to play the best uh, schedule we can. And, and we've succeeded in that way. It may give me some gray hairs here, Derek, but it's, it's certainly uh, really helps our team develop. Well, we'll reiterate what Maya said. She doesn't care how many wins she gets. And I said, no, you care how many wins you get in March. And she said, absolutely. That's what people remember for are your sure. March wins, those postseasons. And, uh, Coach, we appreciate what you do with the team, and we love watching your teams and how well you do with them. And, again, thank you for being on the Coach's Show. Well, I appreciate you being here. The people, I appreciate everyone who came out and supported us this weekend. I, I think this is going to be a fun team to coach and follow because you're going to see our group get better and better as the year goes on and exciting things to come. That is Coach Ron Rose. I'm Derek Bowman, and you are listening to the Titan Coaches Show.